friend. Welcome to Plays Well with Others, a podcast for creative community to discuss everything from the sensitive to the silly, but most importantly, to explore play. Come play with us. I'm your podcast host and wiggly dancer, lover of ducks and hats, Alex B. Arnapol. Let's dive in, shall we? Happy New Year, my dear friends, and welcome to 2022. Welcome to a new year of Plays Well with Others. Okay, I know I've been gone for a long time. I took a nice long break from podcasting, but this is because we've had a lot going on at Rec Center. And you know, as I say that, I'm thinking to myself, why do I even need to defend this? Especially when This is a system that I created. I get to decide when this podcast comes out, just as I would hope that any of my listeners, my followers, the students in my classes, my clients that I coach, that you would feel empowered to make the same choices. But it's so funny how much shame comes up around that, right? When we say we're going to make a commitment to something, and then we get a little overwhelmed by what that might actually mean. We slip up once, and then we beat ourselves up for not coming back to the table day after day. Of course we're not going to come back. We just berated ourselves for making a mistake. And we're all human, so it's only normal we're going to make mistakes. But I'm already coming into this with the wrong energy, aren't I? This isn't a mistake. This is glorious. Making art is glorious. Creating a podcast is fun. I want this to feel fun. Because at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do, right? That's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to live lives of greater presence and pleasure. We're just trying to have fun. So, in that spirit, I'm not going to apologize for being gone for a few weeks. I'm glad I took a vacation. I'm appreciative that I took some time to figure out what I even wanted to do with this podcast. And it's funny because I really started this podcast as an experiment, an experiment in community and communication. And guess what? I loved it. I love podcasting. I love speaking with you and connecting with you. I love hearing your feedback after I post. I love connecting with new individuals who came to this work from various places in their lives. And I want this to continue to be an experiment. Because everything we do is an experiment. It's an act in play. An exploration and discovery. So let's keep this as an experiment. My promise to you? I'm going to try to publish a podcast between every week to three weeks. The likelihood is that it'll be closer to every other week. But perhaps some weeks I'm more inspired. Maybe I post twice. Who knows? The point is I don't want to put something out into the world just for the sake of putting it out there. I want to put something out into the world because I care about it. Because the message means something to me. And so I'm going to hold to that. And if you don't get a podcast from me, from Rec Center, every single week, it's because I don't want to just be putting more noise out there. 
I want to put something out there worthwhile. So I hope what we do, what I do, what we publish is worthwhile and creates value for you. And we invite you to join us on this journey of integrity, on this journey of commitment, and of course, this journey of play. So welcome to 2022, friends. We cannot wait to play with you. As we kick off season two, and I suppose season two is year two, we'll call it season two, as we transition into this new narrative, we're going to be bringing in a lot of different sources. Yes, it'll be me and my wild ramblings on amphibians and childhood and play, but it'll also include other individuals because we can't play well with others unless there are others. So you'll be hearing from more voices this year. You'll be hearing from different communities and you'll hear more conversations. And to kick things off, we'd like to start the year with a recording of a live event from the end of last year. A quick note, you might hear some discussion about jam boards and various activities. That's because this was an interactive event. For the sake of time, we've removed the interactive portions and really focused on the heart of this event and webinar. And at the very end, there will be a short discussion of our current membership. We've cut out a bit of it for the sake of discussion and, again, timing. But if you'd like to hear more about our membership, about becoming a community member of Rec Center, we encourage you to visit our website. All the information will be in the show notes for today. So without further ado, let's kick off 2022 with the power of authenticity. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Alex Brennan Arnapol. I am the founder and director of Rec Center. I am also a creative play guide. But before we get started, I just wanted to go through a few things, a few logistics. We really participate in the spirit of consent. When we are even in a digital space, the consent is really important. And I share this because I want to make sure that everyone knows that this session is being recorded for those that couldn't attend today. So if you do not give your consent to being recorded, I'd recommend that you mute your camera and turn your camera off. If you are further concerned, you can always go into settings and edit your name and remove it altogether. So that way you know you are consenting to being recorded if you turn your camera on. I also wanna start with a land acknowledgement. This is really important to me and really important to everyone at Rec Center because we believe that the work that we do at Rec Center is rooted in justice, is, root, is rooted in resistance, even while it is still joyful, playful work. I believe in grounding, and grounding isn't just a practice in the body, but on the land as well. So I personally live and work on Tonga land, now known as present day LA, and that our community care coordinator, Lucia, who does a lot of our work as well, lives in uh, now current Chicago, which spans multiple, multiple nations, including the Potawatomi, Peoria, Miami, Kickapoo, and Oglala Sioux. So a lot of nations there as well. I also want to acknowledge that 
One of the reasons we share this is because we believe in a culture of resistance. We also want to honor the fact that this is a digital platform that we're on. A lot of times we forget that being in a digital space means that we still are using land. We are colonizing unceded and stolen land. And that actually has physical infrastructures that undergrid our access to digital community. What do we mean by that when we say it undergrids our access to digital community? Basically, what we mean is that, hey, while you can't see, touch, feel, hear the internet, the internet works from servers that are based on land. We use water from the land to cool servers. We have buildings with technology and employees on the land. And that's gonna span over thousands of unnamed nations. So we wanna take a moment to also acknowledge that as well. The reason we bring all of that up is because like I said, we are really a justice seeking organization. I think it can be really easy to think that something that is playful, joyful, positive, isn't justice seeking, but we really want to ride that intersection of play and justice. And I come back to the quote from feminist business coach, Kelly Deals, who says, we are all in the water. We're all in the same water here. So we are all wet. No one is removed from this situation. You can't say, oh, well, that doesn't impact me or I don't have any impact here. No, no, we're all swimming in the same water. So that means that we all have the same commitment. We always come back to that commitment here at Rec Center, really committing ourselves to this work through joy and through play. So before we get started, who the heck am I? I really believe in sharing who you are, what you've done, where you've been in order to give a full picture. I don't think any of us come into any space as blank canvases, as individuals who haven't carried something in or on individuals who haven't had a history. And my history actually really impacts what I do and who I am within the scope of rec center, within the scope of coaching. So personally, I am a guide. I am a creative play guide. I base much of my work on intersectional feminist principles and I work with radical creatives. So if you're in this space, the likelihood is that you are a radical creative, whether or not you believe that yet. And I wanna help you or anyone that I work with to really embody your values. So really being aligned with and authentic with your values, what you believe in, what you wanna see in the world and actually putting that into your creative work. And that way, what you're doing, what you're putting out there into the world isn't just for someone else or isn't just for you, but it's always serving both yourself and others. So what's my story? Some of you in here might know this story already, but you know, you'll get a little refresher on it too. But I think, like I said, it's important to know a history so you know, okay, what does that mean that this human is bringing in? So I am the child of two artists. And what that means is that I grew up with a lot of perfectionism because I only ever saw finished professional grade creative work, I thought that that was expected of me constantly. That meant that I was hypervigilant all the time in making work that was perfect and in school being perfect because I saw this really high expectation set from an early age. I also grew up in a household with a lot of drama. So I don't wanna go into it now necessarily. Suffice it to say that when you grow up in any type of trauma, whether it is abuse, whether it is harm or emotional, whatever it is, 
that what can happen is that kids tend to fall into one of two categories, either that shrinking in or that going outward. And mine was definitely that going outward, which meant that I was really treated like a parent. I was expected to be an adult from a super early age. I felt like I had to be hypervigilant and take care of my parents. I felt like I had to be hypervigilant and take care of my family and my peers and my teachers. That mindset carried with me really my entire life to the point where even now in my 30s, I find myself doing things like, oh, am I caring for my therapist? Aren't I paying them to take care of me here? So that hypervigilance and really lacking a sense of trust and surrender into those that should be caretaking and not having that balanced relationship between being cared for and caring for others. Simultaneous to all of this, I had that perfectionist mindset, but also was a big weirdo. I'm non-binary. I've been non-binary all of my life, but I didn't know that at the time. So I always felt like I was stuck into boxes that didn't fit me. I was a academic. I was an artist. I was an actor. I was also into music. I played soccer. I did all of the, I was into science. I loved it all. And I felt really frustrated because I felt like I had to pick things. I had to fit myself into boxes and I can never be authentic to who I am because someone said, no, you got to pick one. You got to pick one gender. You got to pick one side that you're attracted to. You have to pick one career. You have to pick one activity. And I felt like everything in my life throughout my adulthood as well, never felt fulfilling because I was so much more interested in the intersection What happens when art and science collides? What happens when music and sports collides? What happens in that meeting point? Then I was in the individual aspects. Same when it came to gender and sexuality. I found myself so often as a people pleaser, as a perfectionist, as someone that was hyper aware, tending to serve the needs of others and figure out what was right for them before I knew what was right for me. So a lot of my work was self-correcting and kind of re-navigating to how do I keep coming home to myself? This way of living, obviously, not sustainable. That is not a sustainable way of living in this world. I didn't trust anyone. And most importantly, I wasn't trusting myself. I needed to trust my body, to trust my heart, to trust my mind, that what I was attracted to in every realm from gender to career to creativity, that it was okay to trust those things and that it was okay to trust others. All my inner child needed and wanted and craved was a community. Growing up, someone that felt like they had to care for others, I wanted to feel cared for and held myself, especially around those that really saw things, saw the world similarly to me. I was looking for integrity and authenticity. And as I started to grow, when I started to get really clear with myself, and that's a long process. I'm not going to say that that is something that happened overnight. Lots of therapy, a lot of creativity, a lot of trial and error. But what I started to find is that community and play together, that was the recipe for my own personal growth. Knowing that I could try and fail and it could be fun and joyful, and that I can be held and held up and hold others, that those two things allowed me to practice listening, listening to myself, 
listening to others, listening to my body. And that is what really helped me find this personal sense of authenticity was play, was being able to really tune into my own wants and needs. So basically what I learned is that authenticity for myself creates abundance and that the natural world, that everything we are surrounded by celebrates authenticity when it's connected to community. And we're gonna get into that. So I'll expand on what that means in a little bit. When I really took all of these elements and put them together, what that meant for me in a very tangible realm was that I was able to quit my day job because I was committed to a career that really fit into the intersections instead of the boxes and prescribed ideas and concepts. I was able to start a six-figure business that worked outside of the realm of capitalism. It's important to note that money and capitalism are not the same thing, that commerce and capitalism are not the same thing. I think things sometimes get muddy in that realm that we think, oh, if I'm making money, then I'm like a dirty, filthy capitalist. That those things, they, they don't have to be the same. Money is just a system of exchange. Capitalism is a system of how to exchange. So I don't prescribe to that how. I believe that queer, LGBTQ, trans, BIPOC, indigenous folks, that when they make money or when they succeed in the world, that that's hacking a system that didn't want them to succeed in the first place. And most importantly, when I started to lean into this playful authenticity, I started to align my business, my career, all of these things with my values. And I really work today to help inspire others to do the same. All of that is to say that the world really needs your personal authenticity. It is essential to bring your authenticity out into the world because that is what is going to create a ripple effect and a change. So let's kind of go back to the basics. We've all explored what play is, what authenticity is, but I'd like to kind of take it a step further in thinking about all the ways that we can think of play and authenticity. I do wanna say though that I'm just one person with one definition, one approach, one set of values, and that there is no wrong way to play. But by my own personal definition, play means being in the process. It's not necessarily about that end goal, but what does it mean to be present? When you see kids playing games, it's usually not to achieve a goal, but what would it mean if I pretended to feel like this? What would it mean if we were doing X, Y, and Z? It's more about the process and the experiment than necessarily what comes after it. Play also often lacks an end point, and that goes hand in hand with the idea of goal setting. It isn't goal specific. It's not working within a structure, but outside of a structure. And if it lacks an endpoint, that means it's non-linear. So it might be more cyclical or spiralic, but motion and movement and ways of being that are outside of that linear trajectory. It's learning what feels good to you. Asking yourself, does this genuinely work for me? Or is this working against my body? It's discovery. It's asking questions. It's doing it differently. If anything, I feel like play is the ability to say, can this be done another way? And that can even come down to how we interact in our jobs, how we parent, anything. How can we do it differently? And along the same lines, it's asking, how can we not adhere to systems, work outside of structures? A bunch of you mentioned that in the Jamboard of, hey, it's about being free from judgment. 
being free from systems, being able to do it my own way and asking yourself, why is it always done this way? What happened? What would happen if we did it this way? What would happen if we changed this? Saying yes and. I like to come back to the improv game where often you say yes and this, so that way you further the narrative. But it's also about saying yes and in the instance of I can be happy and hurting. I can be healthy and healing. Yes to this and yes to this. It's the concept of holding two truths at the same time. And it is also about saying no to that which does not serve you. Play can look like a lot of different things and it's gonna look different from everyone. One thing though, is that I want to really call to our attention the difference between play and leisure. They are different, but they can overlap. For instance, you could be engaged in a game of tennis. That is a leisure activity. It can be play, but what happens when it starts to trickle into, oh, and if I lose this shot, then I'm going to, then I'm going to be really ashamed of myself and I'm really focused on winning. That starts to take it out of the realm of play. So being aware that play can be leisure, but leisure isn't always play. So play can look like creative activities. It can look like being present in your body, finding joy in something small. Integration, that's a big one. How do we bring in a playful mindset to something that we wouldn't normally find playful, like exercise or doing your taxes? What does it look like to integrate play? It can mean moving your body in ways that feel good, eating something yummy, cuddles, finding a sense of wonder, discovery. There is no end to what play can look like, and every individual is going to have a different approach to it. In my personal definition, play is the combination of presence and pleasure. And pleasure is again, wide ranging, meaning even in small ways, things that can feel good or healing or helpful. Pleasure is quite wide, but that intersection of being present and finding that pleasure, that's where play starts to exist. And now going deeper into authenticity, we get really stuck and tripped up and this idea of authenticity. And I think that's because it's used in many different ways. There's a million definitions. I've kind of condensed my personal definition and what I've taken from other definitions to ultimately mean being true to one's own personality or spirit or character and coming back to the idea of the self and to accomplish and achieve. So basically boiling that all down, in my definition, authenticity means Believing in one's own actions, your own self, and your own inherent worth. It's that belief in your worth. So that when you're acting from a place of, no, I really believe that I'm worthy. I believe that my actions are worthy. I believe that what I'm doing and putting out into the world, what I believe in, is worthy and right and real. That is coming from a place of authenticity. And authenticity really matters. When we come down to it from a psychological standpoint, the reason we lean into authenticity is because it creates trust. There's a lot of talk on the internet these days about authenticity in marketing because we're starting to get smart about marketing. We don't trust the way that we used to. And a lot of platforms, a lot of companies are starting to talk about the idea of what is authentic marketing because they want their buyers, they want consumers to trust them. 
That's because when we show up from an authentic standpoint, when we believe in our own actions, when we believe in our own inherent worth, it builds trust and connections. Trust build is the foundation of connections and connections create society. It creates community. So it really is something that starts small and builds up. So going from the internal to the external. And so I wonder what would a society look like if we were operating from a place of genuine authenticity? And what I mean by that is instead of thinking in your heart and your heart and in your head, you know, I really like my job, but I really hate that the entire board is all just a bunch of like old white men that really doesn't align with my values of diversity. Uh, I just don't feel a great sense of integrity about that. How would things change if you started to work from the place where you thought, you know what? I really don't believe in that. I think I'm gonna say something about that because I believe in my inherent worth. I believe in what I think, feel, and do. How would the world be a little different instead of separating out how you feel, what you want, what feels good, what feels aligned from what you do and how you act? What would happen if we started to align our values with our actions? And play is really at the root of authenticity. As we saw when we were doing the Jamboard, how much intersection was there with play and authenticity? And I would argue that if you're trying to get into that cycle of play inspiring authenticity, inspiring play, inspiring authenticity, to start with play. Even in tiny little ways, like being present with your body, sitting in silence, be here now and feel good. Because play asks us to be in the moment and respond to who we are and what we're given. It asks us to listen. When you're in a game of play, especially as a kid, you don't know what they're going to say next. The rules might be a little bit nebulous. So it asks you to listen to yourself and what you're given. It asks you to learn what feels good for you, to think creatively and outside of the box, to let go of expectations. I think that's a big one when we're going into the realm of authenticity. It lets us be in the process and be in progress and let go of perfectionism. And perfectionism is so tied to so many harmful systemic ways that we bring in this almost colonized mindset, like for lack of a better term, that we think that we have to be the best, conquer, be above. What would happen if we all just came from a place of, hey, we're all in process right now. We are all feeling, figuring out what feels good, what works, what we believe in. So play really inspiring a sense of authenticity. Because when we play, we believe in our own actions, our own hearts, our values, more than the constructs or the systems we are a part of. We saw that in the Jamboard. So many people talked about this idea that when we are playing and when we are authentic, and again, they go hand in hand, we are working outside of systems. We play so we can believe in our own inherent worth. So all of this can seem really overwhelming. That oh, when you think, oh my God, how do I start embodying my values? This seems like this seems like a lot. How do I even figure out who I am in all of this mess and craziness all around the world? I would encourage you to play dress up. And what I mean by that is trying something on and committing to the present moment, even just for now, even just for today. So like you were a little kid and trying on a costume or you're pretending to be a fire person, going back to looking at how you can try on a new idea, a new sense of self, a new value, and seeing how that feels. 
when you act from a place of that being aligned. It helps you learn a little bit more about who you are. And that's why play can be so helpful because it says, hey, this is just for now. This is pretend. This is just a way, one way of navigating the world and who you want to be. And so that way, it all stems from who you are. When you're present with yourself, you get to say, who do I want to be today? How do I want to show up in the world? It's like a costume. You can commit to it just for today. And then maybe if it still fits tomorrow, amazing. Keep wearing it tomorrow. If at some point you figure out, you know, this doesn't feel right. I want to change. Take it off. Try on a new costume. It helps you commit to the present. And all you need to do to be playful or to be authentic or for play to get authenticity and so on and so on is just coming back to the present moment, your present self your present sense of self. And creative play helps you to find that present moment. Like I said, play is really that intersection of presence and pleasure. So that way you can come into the world with a greater sense of authenticity. When we're looking at authenticity and why we should even care, authenticity is the beginning of trust. It's the beginning of communities. When we play, we begin to build up authenticity. We begin to trust ourselves a little more. We begin to learn about ourselves a little more. So that way we come into the world with a greater sense of self. When we are living from a more authentic place, we build trust with other people. When we're building trust with other people, we are building connection. Connection is what starts to build communities. What might start is two people trusting each other, becomes three, becomes four, becomes 16, becomes 32. It grows. It really exponentially grows. And when we're coming into together from authentic, integrated and aligned community, we begin to build up liberation. At its core, everything we do at Rec Center and why I even care about play in the first place is that we play for liberation. Play is freedom, liberation is freedom. Every single human being deserves that sense of freedom in themselves and in society at large. I absolutely love this quote from Adrienne Mari Brown because what she's really talking about here, and I'll read it out loud so that you can hear it as well, is this idea that being authentic and being aligned with yourself, your highest self, really coming from a place of genuine self is super important in societies as a whole. So she goes on to say that everything is connected. The soil needs rain, organic matter, air, worms, and life in order to do what it needs to give and receive life. Each element is an essential component. Our work is intersectional and multifaceted. Nature teaches us that our work has to be nuanced and steadfast. And more than anything, that we need each other at our highest and natural glory in order to get free. So what I think this really comes down to is this idea that each element is essential. So when we're looking at this idea of getting free, of being able to be liberated, that each individual person is important and that each individual element needs to be functioning in its highest state and the best way that it can. And it sounds cheesy when people say, oh, you should just be the best you that you can be, be the best Alex. But honestly, no one else is gonna do it. No one else has your specific combination of DNA and life experiences. So no one's gonna do it the way that you do it. So we show up 
is our most authentic selves, our highest self, our most brilliant self, and we are contributing to communities in a society in a way that no one else can. I absolutely am obsessed with this Brenda Salgado quote that I found recently. And in it, she says that, the plant people have taught me to be generous and not be shy about blossoming. That is our nature. I think when others see us, it can inspire them to open up and blossom too. And we can be a field ablaze with dignity and beauty together. I'm such a visual person as a creative and hearing that and reading that, I'm like, oh, that's what we're doing. That when each individual blossoms, we inspire someone else to blossom, to open up. That idea of blossoming is such an inward, outward motion. We go from the seed to the stem to the bloom. And that idea that when each of us lives into that authenticity, lives into that sense of self, that we inspire someone else to. That's why communities are so important. We feed off of each other so that we can literally be a field ablaze together. So this is essentially a call to hold hands, that what I really want for all of us, for community, is to be together and inspiring each other to be this field ablaze. So when we play, we inspire authenticity. When we play in communities, we inspire trust. And when communities trust, we thrive and we liberate. Communities can in turn hold you and support you in your growth. Your growth inspires the growth of the community. So as a whole, what we're looking at here it goes back to that idea of shine theory, which is the idea that when you shine, I shine, and vice versa, that we shine together. We are a field ablaze together. The communities, especially for creatives, despite what we see on, in the media, on TV and movies, that we are not the walled off creative, and creatives also include healers, teachers, that we are not meant to be solo. We're not meant to go it alone. We are meant to do this together. Nature, however, isn't designed to be a system with individual self-interest. Nature is designed to have relationships that help plants and other species survive in a mutual interdependence. In fact, the more isolated a species is in nature, the closer it is to death. Thriving is always done in relationship with others because nature is designed as an interdependent system. So again, Thinking about that relationship of the individual to the whole, the whole to the individual. When the individual thrives, the community thrives. When the community thrives, the individual thrives. And back and forth, vice versa. We are interdependent. And with your highest self, with your most authentic self, you are contributing to this interdependence from a much more fulfilled state. You're bringing more. And in turn, when other people are, are functioning from that authentic state, they can fill you up more because they're bringing more to the table. Again, it's a give and take. But I'd like to leave you with a few ways that you can lean into a playful and authentic life. And uh, we're gonna do it through two different ways, you'll see. So one is just five easy ways to live playfully and authentically. So when you're flooded, meaning your emotions get so big that you feel like you can't process anymore, just returning to the moment, not the future or the past. And that might seem not playful nor authentic, but hey, are you coming back to the present? Yes. Are you striving for a little bit of pleasure, which could just mean relief? Yes. Focusing on what you want to feel, not what others expect of you. Integrating a playful mindset to everyday activity. How can this be more fun? 
How can this be more playful? I use the example of a lot of how I exercise and run, that instead of running and thinking, oh, I'm doing this to lose weight, instead I'm thinking, how can I move my body in a way in which I can greet the day? That I can say hi to all of the trees, that I can say good morning to the flowers and boop them as I run. I try to notice a new tree every time I go running. And it really changes my perspective on movement because it puts me in a place where I am moving playfully and aligned with my values. Asking yourself, is there a different way to do this or does it have to be done this way? Sometimes it does. Sometimes you'll answer yourself and be like, yeah, actually it kind of has to be done this way, unfortunately. But sometimes there might be another way to move your body, to create an action, whatever it is, but asking the question. And instead of goals, using values and feelings to help you navigate. So for instance, this comes up a lot in terms of the new year. A lot of people set goals or resolutions. What if instead we thought about, how do I wanna feel this year? Do I wanna feel more joyful? Do I wanna feel more grounded? Maybe what values do I wanna bring into the new year? Do I want to feel more community oriented? Do I want to feel like I'm showing up? Whatever it is, thinking back to values and feelings. And then finally, receiving community support. I think it would be really unfair of me <laughs> to come in here and give you all of these tips and to talk about community so much and to not tell you about some of the resources that we have here to engage in community. If this is something that feels aligned and exciting for you. So we have a bunch of different ways to participate in community at Rec Center. One is just individual classes. We have a masterclass every month that is available to anyone. But we also have a membership community, and this is a really wonderful way to receive that give and take support that we were talking about before, that field ablaze support, that we can really promote individual blossoming so we can all blossom together. When we play together, we strengthen our collective authenticity and help you to find personal and global liberation. Our membership is a monthly commitment to playing more feeling good, and living authentically. So thank you everyone for attending today. And we hope to see you again soon. We hope to see you at Rec Center. And like I said, I hope we can support your authenticity and support your play. Hmm, what a fun event. I really enjoyed getting to share this message of authenticity and trust and community and how all of these things are wrapped up together and why it matters to be in community, why it matters to find your authenticity or rediscover it. So if you're interested in joining us to discover your authenticity or rediscover it and find support in community, we hope you join us, whether that's at a rec center event, whether that's in our membership, or whether that's just engaging through our podcast or our social media. We can't wait to play with you more. Have a wonderful week, chickadees, and Happy New Year. This has been Plays Well with Others, and I'm your host, Alex Brennan Arnapol. Until next time, be present, feel good, and play every day. Uh, uh.
Today's show has been brought to you with the support of Softer Sounds Studio. Plays Well with Others is a product of Rec Center, the radically inclusive center for creative play. Mm-hmm.